Welcome to the LYC Podcast. We are a youth community that believes in loving people and meeting them where they are. Our desire is that through this message, God's love for you is confirmed, your hope in Jesus is renewed, and your faith is awakened. You have your Bible. Why don't you turn to Luke chapter 24. And Pastor Joel actually started to speak to this when he's leading worship. But one of the things that I want us to really hit on tonight, you guys, is this. When we talk about the coming of the Holy Spirit and you receiving the Holy Spirit, I really want you to see throughout the Word of God that as Jesus was ministering, He constantly referred to the coming of the Holy Spirit. And He told His disciples multiple times, when I go, I will send you the Holy Spirit. So it was always in the plan of God. It was always in the, 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 the knowing of Jesus that when I go, I'm going to send you this. And by the way, you're going to need him before you do anything. So many of you maybe have heard about the Holy Spirit before. Maybe you've been taught different things about it. But I just want to use the word of God just to show what Jesus said about the Holy Spirit. Is that okay? Because over the last couple days, we've been talking about being a follower of Jesus. We've been talking about surrendering to Him. And this is a teaching that He taught. He taught about the Holy Spirit and what you and I were supposed to do when He comes and what that would mean for our life. So it's really natural. It's not actually supposed to be something real spooky or something weird or something that some people do and other people don't do. Jesus talked about this in such a way where it's like, no, this is for everybody. This is for every disciple of mine, every follower of mine. This is for them. So look at Luke chapter 24, verse 46. Say, got it, if you're there. Good. In fact, who's, who's like really got it? You're like, you're there. Girl, yeah, you got it. Come up here and read it. Yeah, you said you got it. Come on up here. But come quick, because I ain't got a lot of time. You know what I'm saying? We got a basketball tournament. Okay, okay, okay. Come on up here. But I'm going to have you read out of my version. Is that okay? That's good. So read just here, okay? We're in Luke chapter 24, guys, verses 46 through 49. You can just read right off. Okay. Then he said to them, thus it is written, and thus it was necessary for the Christ to suffer and it to rise from the dead the third day. And the repentance and... Remission. Remission of sins should be preached in his name of all nations, beginning in Jerusalem. And you witness of all these things, behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you to tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you are endued the power from on high. Yes, thank you. Good job. So listen, this is Jesus teaching, and this is right at the end of his ministry, y'all. Like, he is saying the last words here, really important. So it'd kind of be like this. If you knew you had like two hours left on earth, you'd probably choose your words really wisely, right? Probably call mom or dad. You might call a friend. You might cry. I don't know. You'd probably say some really important things. Well, that's what's going on right here. And Jesus said to them, thus it is written, thus it was necessary for the Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead the third day. And that the repentance and remission of sins, this is what that just means, is that uh, everything that you just heard from me, yeah, this is supposed to be preached everywhere. 
all nations. And at this time, they're in Jerusalem, and they're in Israel, and that's all Jesus really came to start with. He started to come to the nation of Israel, God's people from the book of Genesis. So he's saying, but the reason why I died on the cross, the reason why I rose from the dead is because this same message is supposed to go everywhere. Everybody say everywhere. Anybody have a family heritage that's not from the United States? Raise your hand. Yeah. Awesome. So many of you. And I mean like, I guess I should qualify that because really all of us eventually moved here. Okay. Uh, how many of you, you're like, you moved to this country while you were alive? Okay. How many of you moved to this country or your parents moved to this country uh, before you were born? Raise your hand. Your parents moved here. Yeah. My wife moved here when she was 10 years old. And so, you know, when I think about all the different cultures, all the different nations, all the different people groups who have to hear this message, Jesus, when he's teaching here, he's saying, listen, I had to go to the cross so that this message could spread. And then he really, what he was saying, we'll read it in a second, is he said, not only did I have to go to the cross, but I have to go back home to my father because a one is coming after me, Holy Spirit's coming after me, and you need him more than you need me. Because in order for this message to go, you need him. Now, imagine the weight of those words. Jesus is carrying the reality to say, it's more important that you have Holy Spirit very present with you and in you, and on you, than for me to physically stay with you. That's a big deal. Because up to that point, Jesus is like, he's leading the way of this new message, of this message of the gospel. He's in charge. He's got it. He's, he's the, he is the, the, the flame carrier. And he's like, but I already know that I just fulfilled my purpose when I died on the cross and I was raised from the dead. My job's done. So now that I got to go, I'm going to send you one after me. That's called the Holy Spirit. And see, this is so important, y'all, because otherwise you kind of see the Holy Spirit is like optional. Like, well, you know, I love Jesus and, you know, I made Jesus Lord of my life, but I'm not so sure about the Holy Spirit. Some of y'all grew up in church like me where we called him the Holy Ghost. Anybody heard that before? The Holy Ghost. I like to say the Holy Ghost when I'm feeling a little old school. But a lot of times, at least in this version that I'm using, he, he's called the Holy Spirit. But a lot of us sometimes think, well, that's kind of optional. I don't know if I want to get into that too much because that's a little weird. And the, the reason why we say that is because some of us have had different experiences that kind of spooked us out. Has that ever happened to you? Or someone did something or they said something, they call it the Holy Spirit, but inside you felt like that was strange. You ever had that experience? Well, a lot of people have, and it's kind of put them off. But I want you to, if you would, open your heart and let Jesus teach you something different. Because here he's saying, you're going to need the Holy Spirit if you're going to be my witnesses. Look at this. He says, you are my witnesses of these things. Behold, I send the promise of my Father, which is the Holy Spirit, upon you. He says, but wait in Jerusalem until you are endued with power on high. In other words, Jesus said, don't go to those nations. Don't go doing this thing yet until you receive power. Everybody say power. power. 
So Jesus linked two things for us that are really important. He linked the Holy Spirit and he linked power to him. The two are supposed to be one of the same. See, a lot of us, including myself, we've prayed prayers, oh, Holy Spirit, come, but we haven't been patient enough to wait for power. And you say, well, what do I need power for? Well, let me share something with you as we go along, okay? In fact, in John chapter 14, I'm going to read at verse 15. If you love me, keep my commandments, and I will pray, this is Jesus talking, I will pray the Father that he will give you another helper, talking about the Holy Spirit, that he may abide with you forever. Everybody say forever. So when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, it's a forever thing. It's not like, oh, I'm kind of like, I'll test it out. No, when you truly receive the Spirit of God, Jesus intended it to be forever. Verse 7, the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive. In other words, those who are not believers in the Lord Jesus Christ, they can't receive the Holy Spirit. Because it neither sees him nor knows him. He's talking to his disciples. He says, but you know him. You know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. He said he will be in you. Why? Because he was talking about the experience to come and the baptism to come that would happen in Jerusalem. Verse 26, but the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to, re bring to your remembrance all things that I said to you. So Jesus is teaching. He's like, when the Holy Spirit comes, here's what you're going to have. He's going to be a helper and he's going to be a teacher. Y'all good? You dropped the water right there. So he said, you're, he's going to be a teacher and a helper. And y'all, have you ever felt like you were by yourself, but you needed help? Am I the only one? Have you ever felt like, I am all alone, but I need help? That's the Holy Spirit's job. That's his job. When you receive the Holy Spirit, he literally comes in you, and the Spirit of God, y'all know what I mean by spirit? The, a spirit is something that's intangible in the sense that you can't see it. You can't touch it. In a lot of ways, it's kind of like the wind. Have you ever seen the wind? No. Have you seen the effect of the wind? Yes. You've seen things blow over. You see the trees move. You see the effect of it, but you, don't, you can't see wind. Well, in a lot of ways, that's our spirit. You see the effects of the spirit. You, can, you, you have some sense, physical senses of, of the spirit, but you can't really see it. But that doesn't mean it's not real. That doesn't mean it's not there in you. And that doesn't mean the Spirit of God's not real and not in you. So when the Holy Spirit comes and you receive him, he dwells in you. Everybody just pat your belly right there. He will come dwell in you. That's real. Jesus didn't say, oh, that's kind of a metaphor. I mean, I, I didn't really mean in you. I kind of meant like around you, kind of like beside you. No, he said he will dwell in you. The Spirit of God will dwell in you. So when you go to your first day of school this year, after you've received the fullness of the Holy Spirit, God is now with you. So when you step onto whatever high school or middle school, guess who came to school with you that day? The Spirit of God came with you. So guess what? It's not just you who came. God showed up. And if God is in you, 
guess what? He's not just like hanging out in a lazy boy. He's ready to do some stuff. He's ready. He, he, he wants to work through you. So now when you're having conversations at school, they're not just about like, what do you have for lunch? You want to trade? You want to share? I got some gummy bears. You got some, you know, goldfish? I don't know. You guys don't eat that. Y'all eat, what do you eat? Goldfish. Dear Jesus. Okay. Dear Lord. You still eat goldfish, and that's good. They probably have some at the Bucks over there. But the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom Father God will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to remembrance all things. So this is what's so awesome, you guys. When you receive the Holy Spirit, when now when you open up the Word of God, you guys have your Bible, and you open it up, guess who's teaching you about what's in this book? Say it. The Holy Spirit. Yeah, girl. The Holy Spirit. Anybody ever cracked open the Bible and you're like, I have no idea what this thing is saying? Yeah. But guess what? When we pray tonight and the Holy Spirit comes in you, now you have a teacher to help you know what this thing means. You've been trying to figure it out by yourself. But now when you have the Holy Spirit, he will highlight scriptures to you. And he'll help you even remember, oh yeah, remember there's that one story about so-and-so in the Bible too? And then you'll go check it out and you'll be like, I think this is about that too. And guess who's teaching you? Say it loud. Holy Spirit. Yeah, this is an easy test tonight. Easy test. Holy Spirit. He's teaching you. John chapter 15 verse 26 says, But when the Helper comes, whom I shall send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth who proceeds from the Father, he will testify of me. In other words, one of the jobs of the Spirit of God is to shout the existence and the Lordship of Jesus. So when, G- when the Spirit of God comes in you, guess what you become? You become a mouthpiece telling everybody, Jesus is real. That's what a witness means. Now, I'm going to ask a question. I hope it's never true. Anybody ever been to court? Marcus knew where I was going before I even said it. You ever gone to court? Or maybe you've seen a court TV show. Any of you watched like Law and Order? You shouldn't be, but you probably did. CSI or whatever. You shouldn't be watching that, but whatever. Okay. You ever seen those court shows and they call the witness? And the witness comes, sits in the chair, and they get asked all these questions. Well, what does it mean to be a witness? It means to tell what you saw. Right? Y'all tracking with me, right? Y'all know about this stuff, right? This is not too far over your head. You get it? So when you go to court and you're asked to be a witness, you're supposed to not tell what you think. Or, well, you know, I mean, no, you're supposed to just tell what you saw. That's it. And you even raise your hand and say, I I swear to tell the truth, the whole truth, nothing but the truth, so help me God. Witness. So Jesus is saying, listen, when the Holy Spirit comes to you, I'm going to... I'm going to help you by putting my spirit in you so that when you go out, now you have something in you that's like ready to bust out and tell people, Jesus is real. Some of you are timid and you're like, that's not really my style. Guess what? When the Holy Spirit comes upon you, it's no longer about your personality. He pops through. He pops through. I remember when I was y'all's age, 
and I received the Holy Spirit. And I was already, you know, a little outgoing, but I'm telling you, when I received the Holy Spirit, it was like fire went, like shot through me, and I just became nutty. Not bad nutty, but a little nutty, right? And I just remember, I remember being in school one day. Anybody ever had a teacher who's like anti-Christian? Like, not only do they not believe, but they mad at you for being Christian, right? Yeah. I've had that teacher before. I won't say her name. <laughs> say it. Oh, no. They told me this is being recorded, so I ain't, I ain't saying nothing. She knows who she is, right? <laughs> Anyways, so we're having this whole debate. And I was in public school. It was an English class. So don't even tell me how this came up in English class. So she started to open this debate about the Bible, how the Bible, you know, it's written by men and, you know, it's not really real. And well, I don't understand why people believe this. And it even contradicts themselves. It even contradicts themselves. And there's other people in the room who I know they've called themselves Christians. They go to the Bible club and, you know, they play the game, but they're not real. Anyways, that's a different story. But they go, and, and they're just agreeing with the teacher. Yeah, I don't really know about that either. And they're trying to get good grades. But see, this teacher, she had one problem. I'm filled with the Holy Ghost. See, I did it. I went right back to the Holy Ghost, right? I'm filled with the Holy Spirit. So I can't just sit there and be quiet and not say anything. No, 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 no. That Holy Ghost just popped right out of me. And before I even knew what I was doing, I was like, show me one instance in scripture where it contradicts itself. And then I'll tell you that you're right. And she goes, I promise it was that crazy. I was in ninth grade. I was a freshman. How many, how many freshmen in the house today? Come on, freshmen represent. I'm telling you, and I wasn't trying to be disrespectful, but I wasn't going to let lies about my God be told to my friends where they're just believing it and nobody speak up. So I was like, show me one instance where scripture contradicts itself and I'll admit you're telling the truth. And she goes, oh, well, you know, I mean, uh, and then I said, I was crazy, y'all. God help me. But it was right. I said, have you read the whole Bible? Well, I mean, so how do you know it contradicts itself? Well, I mean, I heard, oh, end of story, end of argument. Thank you. The witness is dismissed. Hello, right? <laughs> Hello. The witness is dismissed. Yeah, I know what I'm talking about. I sat in the same kind of classes that some of you sit in. Same kind of conversations, but because I had the Holy Spirit, this isn't just Ty's personality and I wanted to be argumentative. No, I have the Holy Spirit whom God put in me to be a witness when it really matters. See, it's easy to be a witness in this service tonight. Can I get a witness? You know, I mean, it's easy to be like, let's all, you know, scream and testify. But show me your witness when ain't nobody else around who believes in the Lord Jesus. Show me your witness then. Will you speak of him then? Will you claim him as Lord of your life there? On the baseball team when everybody's talking trash and everybody's talking about who they were with or what was going on last night. Are you going to be a witness then? 
The only way you're going to be a witness on that day is if you have the Holy Spirit. Because everything in you is going to be like, I don't want to say anything. I don't want to say anything. Everything in you except what? The Holy Ghost. Come on, somebody. Yeah, everything in you except that spirit where you said, no, 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 I want that. I don't want to be like every other joker. I want to be real. See, one of the things that we've talked about as leaders as what we love about y'all and this, this, eight, this generation is y'all want the real deal. Is that right? Am I telling the truth? Yeah. Y'all, you don't want to play around with foolishness and nonsense and things that you just read about the Bible, but you never see anything happen. So y'all challenge us to bring the real thing. And I love it. But what's going to have to turn back around on you is now that we give you the real thing, it's your turn. You hear me? It's your turn. It's your turn to go back to school and blow it up. In a good way. Don't, don't, not. Uh, <laughs> I rewinded that. Rewind it. Re-record it. Holy Spirit, okay? A Holy Spirit kind of thing. Don't give him any ideas. Back in the day, that was okay to say. No one thought anything bad, but... No, but you're going to go back to school and you're going to be different. You're going to be different. This is what Jesus always intended. Jesus is like, all right, now that you've made me Lord of your life, now I'm going to put something in you that gets this message everywhere. And he knew these people that he was talking to at that day, many of them had to give their lives for this. So he knew, like, this kind of boldness isn't so they could, like, scrape by at their English class because they had a crazy English teacher. He knew, no, they're going to need such conviction and boldness, and that witness is going to come, have to come out of them so strongly that they're going to have to withstand even death. Some of them actually died on the cross themselves. Some hung upside down. John, they tried to boil in oil. And he didn't die. So that's when they sent him off to Patmos. And then he wrote the book of Revelation. So Jesus, who was also fully God, he knows these people, are they need the real thing. See, you and I, we may not live in that extreme environment, but we, we're facing a lot of stuff right now. And I don't know where God's going to take you all over the earth. I don't know what instances or what places he will put you into. But what I do know is you need the Holy Spirit to be the witness that God has called you to be. There is no other way around it. If you don't have him, you will struggle as a witness. And Jesus knew it. He said, wait, 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 wait. Don't go until you receive the promise of the Father. One of the things that I love about just the language Jesus used, he says, this is a promise. In other words, when we pray in a few minutes and you say, Lord, I I want the Holy Spirit. I want to be this kind of witness. I want the real thing. I don't want the fake stuff. I don't want to play games. I want the real thing. This is what I just love is God promised to give you the Holy Spirit. He didn't say, well, you know what? About 50% of the room I'll give it to 50% of you. Or 
99% of you will get it. But, there, you know, there's always that one who I just, you know, they're a wisecracker. I'm not going to give it to them. No, no, no. He says, this is a promise. This is a promise. So for each and every one of you, when you pray, guess what? You can count on it that he's going to give it to you. It's kind of like this. Anybody love Christmas? Come on. Any Christmas lovers? Who doesn't love Christmas? How many of you start singing Christmas songs in July? You're like, ah, we wish you a Merry Christmas, right? You're like into it already. Well, of course, part of our tradition nowadays with Christmas is when you wake up Christmas morning, you expect presents. And listen, if your earthly family is as consistent to every Christmas or birthday or whatever to give you gifts, how much more faithful and consistent and reliable is the God of the universe who says, I promise you, I'll give you the Holy Spirit. You ask and I'll give it to him. I'll give you him. It's sure. The reason why I want to make a point of this is I've, t I've talked to so many people who are like, well, I'm not sure. Maybe I'm the one. Maybe God didn't want to give me the Holy Spirit. And I just have to, you have to know, no, no, this is a promise. This isn't, well, some get them and some don't. No, this is a promise. He promised this would happen. So the disciples end up going to Jerusalem and they wait. And Acts chapter 4 says, and being assembled together, or Acts chapter 1 verse 4 says, and being assembled together with them, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, you have heard from me. But you shall receive power, everybody say power, when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and all Judea, Samaria, to the end of, your, end of the earth. We've talked about that. Acts chapter 2, very next chapter. A few days later, Jesus is now ascended into heaven. The disciples are obeying. They're together, about 120 of them in a room very similar to this in the middle of Jerusalem. And they're all praying with expectancy. Because guess what? By this point, Jesus has proven when he says something, it's the real thing. So these people are waiting. They're like, if Jesus said, go wait, we going to go wait. Everybody say it like that. We going to go wait. Right. We're in the South. We can pull this off, right? We going to go wait. So that's what they did. They went to wait. And they're waiting, and they're waiting, and they're waiting, and they're waiting. And listen to this. In Acts chapter 2, verse 1, it says, when the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place in that prayer time and worship, expecting to receive the promise of the Father. And suddenly, everybody say suddenly. suddenly. I like that. Say that one more time. Suddenly. suddenly. There came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Then there appeared to them div divided tongues as a fire, and one sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. Everybody say all. all. They were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, gave them utterance. In other words, as he provoked it in them. As he provoked it, they spoke out in another language they'd never, they, they had never spoken in before. Well, this was one of the things that Jesus actually had promised in Mark chapter 16. Jesus said, these signs will follow those who believe. You can see it up there. Do they have it? 
In Mark chapter 16, verse 17, and these signs will follow those who believe in my name. They will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. They will take up serpents, because that was uh, not uncommon at those, those times where if they accidentally had a serpent bite, and if they drink anything deadly, it will by no means hurt them. And they will lay hands on the sick, and they will recover. So Jesus said, just as surely as people would get healed when they're prayed for, they'd actually speak with other tongues. So no coincidence that when the Holy Spirit came in Acts chapter 2, Holy Spirit shows up, fills each one of them, says the, a tongue of fire. I don't even know what that looks like, but one came upon each of them, not as a group, as individuals. And it says they all were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues. Now, this is where some people get thrown off. Let's be honest. Some people are like, other tongues? That sounds like crazy stuff. But I want you to notice, this is a couple verses. In fact, I'm going to read just one verse about what this really looks like and what it means. In verse, or chapter 8 of Romans, Romans chapter 8, verse 26, it says, Likewise, the Spirit also helps in our weaknesses. For we, you and I, do not know what we should pray for as we ought, but the Holy Spirit himself makes intercession or prays for us with groanings which we can't be uttered. Now he who searches the hearts knows what the mind of the Spirit is because he makes intercession. He prays for the saints according to the will of God. So when you receive the Holy Spirit and he starts to pray through you a new language. It's not a language you understand. It's not a language that you just translate into English or Spanish or Vietnamese or Chinese. This is a language that's direct from his spirit to the throne of God. And this is what Romans says it's for. Because sometimes you don't know what to pray for. Listen, you, you, we've talked about this the last couple of nights. Some of your family situations, you don't know how to pray. You're, some of y'all are in situations where it's like, I, this is so tough, I don't even know what to say about it. And Jesus says, the Holy Spirit's going to come upon you. Because he's going to help you in that hour and in that moment. Because I know you, sometimes you don't know what to pray for. Sometimes you don't know what the will of God is. So when you get in that spot, just begin to pray in the spiritual language. Why? Because that is the language of the Holy Spirit in you. So let me put it like this. If I met, any, any of y'all speak Chinese? Do you really? Uh, well, hello. I love it. So it's like if I had somebody who came and lived with me and in my house, maybe a foreign exchange student, and they speak Chinese. It shouldn't be weird to me when they come live with me that I hear Chinese in my house. The same thing is when the Holy Spirit comes and lives in you, he brings his language. So this is his language. So it shouldn't be weird to you that you hear his language. And the reason why his language comes out of your mouth is because you're praying. He's praying through you. Are y'all catching what I'm saying for a second here? So his language is praying through you. So it shouldn't be weird because it's not weird if I go to a Spanish speaking church service that they start speaking Spanish. So when I get into the Holy Spirit, apparently he doesn't speak English in that way. He has his own language. So when I receive him, his language comes with him. So when I begin to pray in the Holy Spirit, 
This scripture says that I'm now praying the will of God. Why? Because the Spirit of God is not praying nonsense. He's praying the perfect will of God. So let me give you all an example. I have been in multiple situations. In fact, there was one time where I was in Hollywood because my family and I, we lived in Southern California. So I had this job that I would go to in Hollywood and we would take pictures of, of, of people with Santa in this really like awesome little posh place in Hollywood. And so all these celebrities would come to it. Anyways, that's besides the point. But it was a fun gig. Like I was 21 years old or something like that. And I was on my way on a Saturday morning to take pictures with people with Santa. And I'm driving along and all of a sudden this motorcycle like goes right past me. Just speeds right past me. And within seconds, an older, an elderly gentleman pulls, pulls out in front of him and the motorcycle T-bones like slams straight into that car and the motorcyclist flies up into the air, lands right in front of my car. I slam on the brakes and the dude's like lifeless. So I run up to him and this is kind of gruesome, but he literally has blood coming out of him and he's taking his last breath and all I could do was grab his hands and pray in tongues. Why? I didn't know what to say. I didn't know what to pray for, but the Holy Spirit just popped right out of me and started to pray for him. I have no idea what the Holy Spirit was praying in that moment. It could have been that at the last seconds of his consciousness, the Holy Spirit's praying for his salvation right there. Praying for something that I'm not even aware of, but I just know in my natural mind, I didn't even know what to pray for because it was literally about 10 to 15 seconds of holding his hands while he breathed his last. I didn't know what to say. There have been multiple times where I've been confronted with the situation. There was another time where uh, I, it was right before a Saturday night service at our church. And I'm like in a cubicle, you know, like doing my little nerdy office thing. You know, I'm on the computer or whatever. And somebody comes and says, hey, you ought to come outside. We got like a situation. I would have said we had a situation because it was weird. Like it was crazy. So I go outside and there's this RV. Y'all know what an RV is, right? So there's this RV and it's literally rocking back and forth. And all I hear is this like screaming on the inside. And it was like, I mean, it was, it was, it would make your blood curl. It would make like the hair on the back of your neck stand up. And it was like, I couldn't even discern, is it a guy? Is it a girl? Like what's going on? And the mom comes up to me who drove the RV there. It says, my daughter's in there. She has just come out of the psychiatric ward and she won't stop screaming. I don't know what to do. Well, here I'm at church. I'm a licensed pastor. She brings me this situation and this thing is rocking back and forth, literally so bad that across this four lane highway where our church is, people are like looking over, seeing what's going on. I'm like, I do not know what to do. I don't even know if I should open the door. Like, what is she ah, like? Screw, I don't know what's about to happen. I mean, I'm human. You know what I'm saying? Like, imagine if you were on the scene and I was like, yo, come outside. There's an RV out here and it's they're screaming out of it. So this is what I did, y'all. I just walked around that RV and I prayed in the spirit. I let the spirit of God pray through me. You know why? Because I didn't know what to do at first glance in this situation. 
Some of you are turbo. You'd be like, you should have just walked in. Well, yeah, you show up there and just walk in. Right? No, no. I just prayed and I just walked around. And what I'm doing is I'm, as I'm praying the Holy Spirit, I'm getting, I'm getting the will of God established. I'm letting God make me aware of what needs to happen right now. So anyways, go into the RV and sure enough, you know, in the first part of RV, how sometimes the tables will fold down and they're like, make a little bed. There's this probably 21 year old girl who's screaming back and forth, just, I mean, violently twisting and turning. I can't even do it justice. She has facial hair because of whatever state that she's in. So Mark chapter 16 said, these signs will follow those who believe. In my name, they'll cast out demons. So I knew this is not just a mental illness. This is demonic. And this mother has brought this girl to me or at least this is the situation that I find myself in. I'm the only pastor around, apparently. I'm like, where did everybody else decide to go? They see this RV and drive away. Oh, nope, we got to go the other way, right? I'm like, I'm the only one. But I, I pray. I walk in. She's turning. She's, she's talking and turning. And I, and I, and by the way, I had brought another intercessor with me. So I didn't go in there by myself. Another a woman came in with me. And... I just looked right at her. I said, in the name of Jesus Christ, come out of her. Because I'm speaking to that demonic spirit. Well, I would love to tell you that the situation ended right there. But here's what she did. And I don't even know if I could like abbreviate it. But this is what she did do. She shot straight up and she starts screaming at me curse words. I'm like, well, what the crap? I thought, I, you know, I'm like, I prayed in tongues. This thing should be done, right? No, but right out of me, as soon as she went after her, I said, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, be quiet and come out of her. And she fell flat. And I thought, oh my God, I killed her. <laughs> I'm not joking. First thought that came to my mind is she's dead and the mom's right outside. What's the fastest route out of here? <laughs> So, thank God she didn't die. That came out of her and she fell asleep. She fell asleep. That same week, she was now in her right mind. She became a disciple in a discipleship program of our church. Graduated one, level one. Graduated level two. Graduated level three. Joined the church choir. And as far as I know, is still delivered to this day. That is not because I got all my stuff together. I just truly accurately described my process of how all that happened. But the Holy Spirit in me is a witness. So you see how that happened there. That wasn't tie. That wasn't skill. No amount of skill is going to handle that situation. Power given by the Holy Spirit handles those kind of situations. Some of the situations y'all are going home to. No amount of good thinking or good vibes is going to help some of that. You need power. You need power. Some of you, God's going to take you to different parts of this world. And you need power. And by the grace of God, me personally, now I've been all over the world. 
multiple, multiple, multiple nations. Why? Because when I received the Holy Spirit and he made me a witness, God sent me. God started making avenues, making ways for me to go wherever he needed me to go. Why? Because I was a faithful witness. And to this day, the reason why I'm here today is because of this kind of power and the infilling of the Holy Spirit. It's the reason I'm even in the building today. That's all. It's not because I'm a good enough person. It's not because I just love people so much. It is because the power of the Holy Spirit has pushed me to be a witness of Jesus and the message of Jesus. So tonight, as we ask for the infilling of the Holy Spirit, what you're really asking for is God make me a witness. And to be that, I'm willing and I want you to fill me with your Holy Spirit. And I want every tool that is available with him. So if it is speaking in tongues, which it is, so that the Holy Spirit, his language just comes out of me, then yes, I want that. And I'm willing to pray that. And I'm willing to, to allow that to come on the scene when necessary and when needed. Some of you, you're going to go home, you're going to go to your bedroom, and I can already picture it. You're going to go home, go to the bedroom, and you're going to shut the door, and you're going to just start to pray in the Spirit. Why? Because you want to start praying the will of God in your household. You're going to start praying in tongues so that your family situation starts to change. But because you don't yet know fully how to get it out in English, you're going to rely on the Holy Spirit to pray through you. This is power, y'all. How many of you have a close relative who's fairly ill or sick? Raise your hand. Yeah. One of the things is just a beautiful part of God's ministry and his message is healing. So some of you, by faith, you're going to go home. You're going to have that sick loved one and you're going to put your hand on their shoulder. And you don't have to be, you don't have to push them over or kick them or jerk them up. But you just put your hand on their shoulder or maybe around their head or, and you're going to pray for them. And because you have the Holy Spirit, it's not just you anymore. It's Him. And He knows how to heal bodies. He knows how to heal minds. He knows how to heal broken hearts. So some of y'all, I'm just telling you, tonight is a game changer for you. Tonight is going to make all the difference. Not because of the date on the calendar, but because the Holy Spirit will come upon you. And now you're a witness. And now when you go back to Alabama or North Carolina or South Carolina, now you're different. Tennessee, come on somebody, Tennessee. When you go back, he goes with you. Some of y'all, you need to make a little extra room on the bus. Because it's like, oh no, the Holy Spirit's getting on this bus now, right? Someone's coming home with you that you didn't bring with you. This is real. So I want us to stand to our feet tonight. Are you ready? Are you ready? Yeah. So here's what I want to do, you guys. Hold up, hold up, hold up.
Here, let me have your attention right up here. I'm going to ask all of our leaders to just come on right up here and just kind of make as much room as possible. Yes, thank you. And as they come, let me tell you what we all did earlier. We actually had our own little Holy Spirit meeting. So these folks are full of the Holy Spirit. So when they agree with you and pray with you, they're not just praying something that they don't know. This is their experience. I probably could pass the mic and have many of them share their own story. In fact, Ethan, where'd you go? Come up here, brother. Yeah, y'all can feel free to. Um, Ethan had an awesome picture. Yeah, give it up for Ethan. Come on. So, and leaders, y'all just begin to be in prayer right here. Yeah, just begin to pray, get in the space. The rest of y'all listen to Ethan. He had this picture earlier that I just loved, and I asked him if he'd be prepared to share it. Um, so while we were meeting and while we were praying, um, God reminded me of this passage in Second Kings chapter 3, and I tell you guys that so you guys can look it up later. Um, it's the story of Elisha and this widow. And this widow comes to Elisha and says, hey, my husband served you faithfully, and now he's dead. And this creditor has come to take my boys away. What do I do? And Elisha goes, okay, what do you have in your house? And she says, okay, well, I have olive oil. And, and he says, go find all the pots and pans and everything you can that will hold the olive oil. And I promise you, it will keep coming. The oil will keep flowing. And so that's what she did. So she went to all of her neighbors. She went all around. She went everywhere she could find to get pots and pans. And she kept flowing, filling them up over and over and over and over until the point where she's like, sons, give me more. They're like, we don't have any. And the oil stopped. And she was able to pay off her debtors. And she had more than enough to live on. And as we were praying, God was reminding me of the story. And I was just asking God, why? What, what, what's so significant about this? And what I thought was so significant was God will meet us to the level we will give him. That God will meet us right where we're at. If we go 100%, God's going to meet us right there. If we go 10%, God's going to meet us right there. God wants to overflow our lives, but we have to be willing to make the choice to say, God, I'm open. God, I surrender. God, I give you every part so that my life will overflow over and over and over and over again. And we have such the unique opportunity to do that. They weren't, she, they just, it was so amazing because she got to live on that, all that extra just like us. God's going to fill every one of us tonight if we allow ourselves to be open yeah. to receive it. So good. Thank you, Ethan. So here's, as he was sharing, here's what I just sensed the Lord saying. Because a picture of oil actually in the Bible is a representation of the infilling of the Holy Spirit and the anointing. And the, what anointing means, it just comes on you of the Holy Spirit. So here's what I want to tell y'all. Here, let me have everyone's attention. So y'all, because y'all are moving there, paying attention to y'all. This oil that you're about to receive, the Holy Spirit, 
will never run out. Look at me. It'll never run out. So as you go and you pour this out and you pour out what God wants you to do and you go to people who are empty and they need this and they need this and they need this and they get, listen, what you're about to receive will never run out. Never. It'll never run out. It'll never run out. In the name of Jesus, I feel like I'm prophesying. It'll never run out. God's going to put in something in you of his spirit that will never run out. Jesus said this, that out of you will flow rivers of living water. A river where it has a source never runs dry. So you can imagine a river that comes from God never runs out. And Jesus said, what's going to happen in you is going to be something that never runs dry, ever Ever, not through high school, not through college, not into your elderly ages. It'll never run dry. So as you receive tonight, my prayer for you is that to that full measure, like Ethan talked about, receive God is We hope you've been inspired by this word. To help awaken your faith on a regular basis, subscribe now so you can be alerted when we have a new message. Thank you so much for listening.